Bonjour. Welcome. May I say? Arrivederci. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> I think it means goodbye in Italian. <laughs> I don't like to work. <laughs> I am here with my best friend, Chris Ryan. And my best friend, Sarah Gore. And this is Chris and Sarah. Wear the, the pants. And indeed we do what well, you do. You are. As always, Sarah's in a dress, mm-hmm. unashamedly, and I'm in pants. No shame here. We don't do shame. No. How are you? I'm ever so well. It is mm-hmm. a glorious sunny day in mm-hmm. Sydney uh, and I have been missing sunny weather. Quite obsessed with washing I am. <laughs> What do you mean? Well, I love to do washing. It makes me feel organised in my life. When it is, it's an easy win, isn't it? It's kind of like doing the washing up. It's like you can put it on a to-do list and you can get it done quite quickly. Yeah, even if you do nothing else, you're like, well, I did the washing, did you? Um, and <laughs> You open every conversation with that. It's like, Chris, no one cares. I start with defensive. <laughs> Just a comedy show when you're chatting to other comedians. Speaking of which, I had something I wanted to run past you because I keep thinking about it. Because we're obviously – here's my first question. Great. What uh, – because I'm a millennial officially. What sort of generation are you? Uh, I don't I, – I think maybe Gen X. Yeah. Okay. So I did a show on the weekend, an hour show of mine, and I loved it. Had such a great time. Sound was great. Awesome audience. Anyway, afterwards, there are these two guys on sound and lighting, right? Older, like maybe like 60s. Mm-hmm. And – after the show, I went up to them and I was like, because the sound was genuinely awesome, which is so good because I do music. And I said, thanks so much, guys. It sounded great. I was really happy with everything. And they're like, yep, of course. Um, and one of them was like, oh, I reckon I laughed about three times. I'm like, oh, thanks so much. It, the show's not for them. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Oh, oh. Anyway, so that's fine. That's not what, that's not what, that's not what the story is. Putting so a pin in that. I went away. Uh, packed up all my gear, like chatted to people, super, really, really good. And then on my way out, holding my piano with some friends, I was like, thanks again, guys, really appreciate it. And then one of them said, we're not millennials or Gen X. You don't need to keep constantly praising us. (gasps) And Uh, I was like, am I crazy? Or is that? Oh, there's a lot I and makes me angry about that. But also I kind of walked away from it and I was like, if a trademark of being a millennial or Gen Z is thanking people for their work more than once, I'm I'm happy I'm fine to live with that. Totally. Mm. Stand by is that. Is that a thing? I just I, thought it was polite. And also they did a great job. <laughs> I'm just angry for two reasons mm. and I think you know what they are. Number mm. one, I don't think it's the job of the sound person to tell the comedian whether they thought they were funny or not. Oh, I also didn't ask. Well, that's what I mm. mean. But yeah. also, you even if it's just not their fucking job, mm. shut up, mate. Mm. Put the fucking lights on. Uh, that really gets my go. Mm. I'm sorry to g- get angry, but I am. But the the vibe of the conversation was very much – oh, and then um, – the vibe, of the, yeah, laugh three times comment, which made you angry. I, I had just had such a great show. So, okay. I, you know what I mean? Love I, it. I let it go. I'm glad. Because the people who had paid to see me. Were happy. We all had such a great time. Of people course. People were drunk. It was like Sunday of the long weekend. That's people, brilliant. And it was so, so much fun. Anyway, but then the other guy was like, oh, when I saw him laughing at you, I realized why he never laughs at me. 
Okay. And I was like, I'm just going to let that go. But it was the generation comment that I okay. wondered if that's something that I just missed completely, that it's a millennial Look, and Gen Z thing to praise I or to be polite. Possibly. Like mm-hmm. I do think that there is a difference in parenting for our generations. Like I know that my parents are boomers and, you know, praise was not something that came naturally to them, certainly not something they received in their childhood mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, the opposite probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so – then I think the reaction to that was my generation, as we had kids, and probably what, what are your parents? Boomers. I think. End of end of boomers. Yeah. yeah. Well, certainly my generation of parents, I think, started praising kids a heap more because they realised mm. that that's something they missed as a child mm. and would have benefited from. I see no problem with it. I mean, I probably, obviously, like anything, can go too far. Oh, of course, it can. One way, but yeah, I, I was just so taken aback by that response. I am because. Also, yeah, shut up. I don't care whether you think I'm funny or not, you're doing the lights. Mm. Two, then don't try and – like why say something mean like that? I think it's mean or at least trying to get your attention. I think it was mean and also unnecessary mm-hmm. at the end of what was a really joyful hour of comedy. 100%. You know? Anyway, so that was just – I'll be thinking How about fascinating. It. I just think – would he have said such a thing to someone? Let's just say that's a male example, comedian. Out of the blue, just let, pulling out. Like, uh, let me just say, would he say that to Luke Heggie? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. And, and you know, and I, and I say that knowing that Luke is fucking the best and I love him. But, Absolutely. But it's, time, you know, it's just ludicrous. Yeah. It, um, it was just an insane thing. So I just wanted to float that past you. Um, and also I think um, I always go – out of, I'm not saying I'm a hero. I think this is base level politeness. Go out of my way to thank the people that worked on the show, be it like people in the door or like backstage or whatever. Cause I'm just like, I just think that's a decent yeah. thing to do. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a particularly millennial thing to do unless it is. No, nah, well, mm. if it is, mm. it's probably the best thing about millennials. Yeah. <laughs> Now that's how you sledge someone. (laughs) You asked my opinion. Yeah, at least to his credit, he didn't bring up avocado toast once. Oh my god! Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, What have you have you been watching anything this week? Listening to anything? Reading anything? I am up to the final season of Succession. And I watch it on from my bed. I project it onto my wall and part of my door. You mean not emotionally project, physically physically project? I do physically use a projector because I don't have a television. I think that's clever. Yeah. Succession. I'm adoring it. Biggest show. I love the dialogue. I Mm. think there's a lot of funny laugh out loud lines in Mm. this very serious drama. Mm. It makes me laugh quite a bit. Um, and I adore the character of Roman, uh, the younger brother. I've never heard people describe it as particularly funny. Oh, just it say, is though. Yeah, that's so. I've tried There's so, so hard many good to get lines. I think it just it's it's. I find it quite stressful. To watch it. <laughs> it is. They're kind of awful to each other. Yeah, it is. It's painful. Mm. It is painful, and they are mean to each other. Uh, and it's wonderful. But like um, marquee television, like just mm. that sort of level of TV is just about as good as it gets. It's yeah. kind of like The Sopranos, The Wire. It's how it should be made. Mm. Um, and um, I've been trying to draw. Uh, I know, well, Really? Yeah. I, I know. know you draw. Yeah, so you know I – I try and do things other than be on social media because my mm-hmm. brain loves to just get busy with silly things and mm-hmm. distract itself. So to, 
I'm trying to improve myself. I, I play online chess, obviously, mm. quite a lot, and I'm terrible at it, but I do enjoy it. But mm. I'm also lately start trying to draw again. Oh, great. Yeah. So what do you – it might be a stupid question. What do you draw? Oh, I'm trying to draw faces. Oh, great. Yeah, and it's really difficult, mm. you know, to get the proportions right and stuff, but it's so challenging. I can lose a lot of time not being aware that I'm doing it. That's great, though. It is. It, I, I think it's call that losing time. I would call that being, like, extremely state, present. State of flow. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What have you been reading and watching? Uh, not succession, unfortunately. I'm going to, for the sixth time, try and watch it and get into it because mm. every time someone tells me it's good, I'm like, I've got to give it another yeah. go. Um, oh, I read, finally, The Song of Achilles. Have you read it? Of course by Madeline, not. By Madeline Miller. It's So many people have told me to read it and it's based on uh, the Iliad mm. and it's the Iliad told from Patroclus's, I think that's how you say his name, point of view, um, who was like Achilles, like, um, friend, right, and it's this beautiful love story that takes really? place during the Trojan War. And I initially, because so many people recommended it to me, I'm just like, I'm not a big history buff kind of thing. I didn't know, but it's just so I was just crying by the end of it. it was really, so and then I read immediately after that. I went back to back. I read The Way I Used to Be by Amber, someone. Mm-hmm. I'll put it in the episode notes. Um, again. The most I, I read it all in one night. I stayed up till two a.m. because I had to have closure. It was one of those books. You are quite like that with books, aren't you? Mm, I'm just like I have to know how this ends. Um, the way I used to be, super um, intense book. Something happens at the start, and then the main character is dealing with it through all her teenage years for the rest of the book. And it was just so beautifully written. I just put it down, and then I like stayed awake for like two hours <laughs> thinking about it. Really? Yeah. Mm. Wow. So I don't know if I'd recommend it though. That's the thing. It's like quite a lot. Okay. Um, but just great books. Oh, but yeah, no, I have you. to. And you're a library girl, aren't you? You go to the. Yes. Oh, I'll tell you what, yeah. though. I got out because uh, I had a bunch of books recommended to me. So I got them all out. And I, I don't look at what they are. So I sort of just get the titles. And one of them is just, you know, this. Um, it's. It feels like a trend. I don't, I don't know if you'd call it a trend, but like really sort of smutty books are in fashion now. Like those real sort of like. Um, sex literature? Yeah, sort of like Fifty Shades of Grey, but like I think they're considerably better than that. But that sort of... Erotic um, fiction. Erotic fiction, that's actually what I'm looking for. And unbeknownst to me, one of these books was that. Brilliant. And I opened the first chapter and it was like... A sentence like he was he was dark and toxic, but I couldn't take my eyes off him. I just closed the book, and I was like, "No, nah. really." I was like, "I've done Twilight. Oh, wow. I've done it. I've done it." Okay, yeah, fair. Because yeah. because because of the bad role modeling. Yeah, I'm just like, okay. If I was her friend, I'd be like, "Nope." Oh, seriously? Because yeah. like I can absolutely detached my just, morals from my sexuality just, sometimes, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I just don't have – I don't have the patience. I'd be like, oh, but like he drove up oh, – what was it? It was there was a particular line and then the next chapter Did he was, drive a Tesla? He drove, <laughs> no, no, even worse. He drove an Aston Martin and, and then the next chapter was from his point of view and he's like, women don't get me. I'm like, oh, fuck off back to 4chan, mate. Like <laughs> you're not glamorous. You're a creep. Like if that guy wasn't rich, like because they're always rich. Yeah. These creepy guys, if they're not rich, you'd be like, that's a criminal. But because they're rich, it's glamorous. I, I would, that's a hill I will die on. Sorry, I don't really got really. Oh, wow. Okay, so no erotic fiction for you. You you reckon all of it's it was fucked? just badly written, to be honest. Mm. Like it was just clumsily put together, and I was just like, you're not here for that. Especially because, sorry, I totally cut you off there. 
That's right. I think I cut you off first. Sorry. We're trying to be better at podcasting, everyone. Should we just sit in silence for a bit? We're not going to speak. We've already been asked not to laugh as much. (laughs) We actually both have been asked not to laugh on the podcast. Suck a dick. We're going to laugh. Or we could edit it out and then that would make it look like we don't think the other one's funny at all. Oh, could you imagine? We should do a A zinger and then. Or do like, bow, 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 oh my every god! Time no, look. Just in case anyone's wondering, this is not a historical podcast, nor is it a sociology podcast. It is not an intellectual or an academic podcast. It is a couple of comedians having a chat about history and stuff. It's if you want a really intellectual one where no one laughs, what go and listen to a different one. There are some really good ones out there. Yeah, I mean, of course there would be. To be absolutely fair, but it's not. <laughs> they have they have like researchers and stuff. We have like us. And oh, and also speaking of I, our lovely listeners. Mm. Can I just say we have so many lovely listeners. Thank you so much. Do we call them listeners? Pant, pants, pants, folk, pant brigade. I also want to, and I meant to do this last week. Shout out to our considerable number of listeners in the US and the UK. Unbelievable! Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredible to me that anyone's doing that. Yeah, it almost feels like. It can't be real. We're being punked. Yeah, mm. yeah. But also I wonder – I was thinking about – because when I saw that um, quite a few of our listeners were in the US, I was like, are we particular? I don't think we're particularly Australian. I don't think we'd reference things that – Except like, for the magazines that we're – but even so, they could be from anywhere. Like any, anywhere, what? The most <laughs> – I'm just going to let that happen. I'm sorry, but we are white. The most – the most charming part of uh, the film I was in, Hot Mess, that we talked about the other week, mm. we took it to – it's a very Australian film and uh, yeah. the director and writer Lucy Coleman and I went over to the um, – oh, my God, I've forgotten the name of the – Portland. Seattle, no, Seattle, Seattle. Comedy Festival. And people were so charmed by the Australianism of it. But at every Q&A, the question was, what is goon? Oh, okay. And what is a pinger? Okay. Yeah. Do you feel the need to tell them again? Oh, here. goon is uh, wine in a um, bag. Yeah. Uh, they have milk in a bag. They literally have goon. Okay. That's a whole thing. Anyway. Pinger is some kind of drug. Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't okay. think that's a secret. Um, speaking of our listeners, we have some pants mail. Before. Love it. Pants mail, great. you have a great article ready to go. We do have some pants mail. I want to give a big shout out to listener Daniel. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Daniel's amazing. Daniel's incredible. Uh, from Daniel, uh, they said there is talk of a wear the pants float at Mardi Gras next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he has me- messaged me a couple of times on mm. Instagram to tease me mm. about my age and the fact that I consume wine. I'm on board. Um, he's the best. And he also talks about the gaze of Sydney. Okay. Loving yeah. um, the podcast or That's, at least, you know, enjoying that, that parts. That is huge. And he's I, I just adore this this kind of communication. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Uh, Daniel also said a brand needs to come on board as a sponsor of the Mardi Gras float and pitched Dan Murphy's. I mean, <laughs> if Mecca or Butterball or Algiana don't get on board. Uh, Dan then, Murphy's fourth in row. And then ended the message with hashtag wine. Which I know. Just absolutely, God bless so, him. So, Daniel, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, Another listener uh, sent in their pants moment, and we've got two. Uh, So one is that they wallpapered their kitchen with weird, cool wallpaper uh, that that they chose without input and hung all by themselves. I don't think I'd be capable of doing that. I definitely wouldn't. I don't think I'd be capable. That is from Belinda, is it not? Yes, it is. Yes, and and she has just repainted her house. Mm Mm-hmm. California bungalow pink from mm-hmm. the 50s, which she sent a photo in. We might share that. Like a John Cougar Mellencamp song or a 1930s Hollywood starlet. 
or a post-war GI bill-funded ranch-style Southern California tract home. <laughs> Whoa, that is so descriptive. Um, but I think that's really cool. I think because when I moved into my place, I had all these dreams of wallpapering and then I looked once at how expensive wallpaper was and was like, nah. Yeah, and I know that I'd fuck it up too because mm-hmm. it is hard. Oh, absolutely. So congrats. That yep. is a huge pants moment, wallpapering Massive. and painting your house. Uh, and finally, uh, one from uh, my mum saying, it's mum here. Is that an auto reply? <laughs> so Chris did some admin. This okay, so a friend, and, and it was actually Belinda, uh, suggested that in order to keep our, uh, anyone that writes to us engaged or feeling appreciated, we could set up which an auto. Are, which you all are appreciated, um, even if we're just saying it in our hearts and heads, yeah. uh, not actually by sending you an email. Um, we set up an auto reply. So I set one up last night by creating a new rule mm-hmm. in my mailbox mm-hmm. and then suddenly because you know how I sent from my own email to our email an mm-hmm. email just saying hi I started getting in a loop between the two emails I started getting 16 auto responses wow. so I just deleted the rule and everyone who'd ever sent us an email got it anyway so I've deleted the fucking rule so uh some extra correspondence there <laughs> I think it's a nice idea in theory <laughs> it is obviously someone better than me needs to set it up Sarah <laughs> we'll get our um secretary um mm. Pierre oh wouldn't that be nice not a real person but could be yeah. Um, so great. Uh, that's our pants mail, and I think it's you. First. Okay. So I've got an article that I've uh, found, and this week I, I know I promised to do research, but I think this article is research, okay. Sarah, and I think it really speaks to um, what we're all about. Mm-hmm. This is an article from a, a a journal or a magazine called the ABC Weekly, which was actually, I think. Um, if I had done more research, it is actually about the Australian Broadcasting Corporation mm-hmm. and presumably back then the radio and TV that that ABC was in charge of. It's from July 8th, 1950. <clears throat> and this is, again, from Trove from the National Library. Australian Pioneers of Women's Rights is the title of the magazine, uh, the story. In Australia, the feminist movement and the development of the colonies grew side by side. Women were working shoulder to shoulder with men, sharing the perils of a new country, paving the way for the future Commonwealth. Francis Davidson provides interesting facts about those who pioneered the path for Australian women. Stop it there for a second. 1950. I reckon it's pretty radical that they're talking about this in 1950. I was just trying to position 1950 in – well, it's – uh, post-war when yeah. women – because women took over a lot of the men's roles when they're away at war. So this is probably a bleed-on of that. Maybe. Mm. That's great. It's pretty cool that it's yeah. just as an article. Um, okay, so Elizabeth MacArthur was mm. Australia's first feminist, this article proposes. She came to Farm Cove in 1789 with her husband, John MacArthur, who founded the wool industry. Wow. I did not know this. No. And if I was told it, I forgot. Yeah. I don't think I was told, though, in school, I you? would argue that we're not really taught a lot of this I in don't think so. history. It's like Aboriginal history. We weren't taught that yeah, either. Exactly. Um, heated controversies took place over the dinner table when Elizabeth brought up the subject of women settlers and the appalling treatment they received in and out of prison. So she was, like, so rad. She was at the front line of defending women in prison's rights. That's incredible. Right? What a boss. What a boss. And this is in the 17... 17- uh, like in the 1800s. Just schooling her husband at the dinner table being like, here's what's what. 
probably wearing like spitting beats, spitting beats, full <laughs> skirt. Like you can picture her outfit. Maybe in pants, mate. Mm, that's true. Um, next, there came t- to the colony in 1839 a dauntless woman who was to found the first shelter for homeless girls. Her name, Caroline Chisholm. Um, she discovered to her horror that over 600 homeless women were sleeping in caves and sheltered nooks around the settlement. And it wasn't long before she installed 90 of these girls in the first hostel situated next to the government printing office in Sydney. It was a success until scandal mongers spread the word around that it was nothing more than a bawdy house. Whereupon Mrs. Chisholm left her own comfortable home to take up her abode with her girls, in, in inverted commas, as their chaperone to save their honour. Later, she established the first registry office for servants and su- subsequently assisted in the migration scheme in London. A great personality. Incredible. Right? I would argue more than a great I personality. Know. Wow. Right? So who were those two names? It was um, Carolyn Chisholm, Chisholm and MacArthur. Yeah, and... Um, uh, Elizabeth MacArthur. Right. And we're talking like 1789, Elizabeth MacArthur. Mm. And then in the 1899, um, oh, hang on. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of 1839. Yeah. Wow. Was, 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 uh, Caroline Chisholm. I, I just can't believe how far back that was. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling like some real fu- – what's that fucking show I used to love, Sarah? Uh, Handmaid's Tale. I'm feeling – hand. I'm, it's giving Handmaid's Tale. Mm. But also <laughs> trust that a woman does something so great, takes these obviously underprivileged women mm. and girls off the street, puts them in a house, and then people just start spreading shit about it. Yeah. Because there are probably gross dudes around trying to pray on Trying to pray and on And she's them. like, absolutely yeah. not. Leaves her gorgeous house to live in this, what is effectively like a like a sort of- Yeah, a youth hostel. Home, yeah. Youth hostel, yeah. yeah. Mm. What a queen. Incredible. Um, okay, so that is sick. How mm. sick are those two little stories? But this is all just part of one large right, like column. And I won't read the whole thing, but- um, That's great. There was a, a bit of on the suffragettes movement- the first woman to stand for parliament in Australia was Vida Goldstein. That's so funny. I had that in my research for today oh, as well. Are you joking? No, that's, that's so the best. Funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, she'd been a militant suffragette, which mm. I, I would love to see that. I want to see what she was wearing. Was she actually, mm. you know, in a suit? Um, and always politically prominent, but Mrs. Edith Cowan, OBEJP, was the first woman actually to enter Australian Parliament. During her time as a state member for WA, she introduced two bills, both of which found their way to the statute book. They are the Equal Inheritance Act and the Women's Legal Status Act, both important. Isn't that sick as? I was going to say before I cut Mm. across you, the way that would have ruffled feathers so hard. Right. Can you imagine how difficult that – because if she was the first, uh, presumably the only one, are we are we right to yeah. assume? So yeah, yeah, yeah. For a time she would have been the only one. Can you imagine how excluded she would have well, been? Well, and I know this is not the same, but mm. a parallel would be mm. like who would have been like the first female comedian in, in Australia, do you reckon? Oh, I don't want to say because I'll get it wrong. I won't know either. Mm. But, but like, even even right up to the, I'm going to say, 50s mm. or 60s, even 70s, mm. I reckon, even 80s, fuck. But you'd, but you'd, there there weren't that many. Were the only women on the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so a, a minimum wage was granted to women who still dream of equal pay for equal work. Women now received the old age pension earlier than men and the baby bonus and child endowment came into being. Nowadays, fairly impartial divorce laws as between men and women exist in the various states. Police women are employed throughout the Commonwealth and have established a fine record. So it's basically, you know, summing it up by just Mm -hmm. saying, like, we've got lawyers, magistrates, Mm -hmm. they sit in federal and state parliament and on hospital and other boards. Um, In conferences outside the Commonwealth, they are prominent representatives. So this was written in 1950. I love that. What a great article. I know. It's kind of like, here's this boss bitch, this one and this one, and now we're in the 50s. And we're everywhere. We're getting there. Let's go hectic, babes, is really the vibe. I always feel like, because I never really, like, as a school child, you know how history is boring. I just feel like I skipped so much of this sort of stuff. I would love to, it's kind of, those sound like the kind of people that you would do a really good primary school project on. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like really dress up as them and then do a monologue. Totally. Caroline Chisholm, I feel like. Yeah, people did do. I feel like I do remember that name from primary school days. But it's like so easy to be like, here's all the things she accomplished. But imagine the cost. Imagine the personal cost. Well, also I'm interested, and not to take away at all the spotlight from the women, but the support network around them. You know, what did their parents think? What did their partners think? You know, what did their kids think they if they had them? Been embarrassed. You know. Yeah, I know. If your mum's always it. But you'd, mm. you'd reckon the only way someone would come to the top of that kind of campaigning would be if they did have the support mm. of those around them or just completely abandoned people altogether and just did it themselves. I if suppose. they did have the support or in spite of the people yeah. around them. In spite of the people Fuck, around yeah. them. Have you, you know, that just brings to mind for me something I did at uni that <laughs> – did you ever have a moment in your like twenties where you got really bolshy? Constantly, yeah. Really? I still do, yeah. Seriously? What like was yours? publicly though. I want to hear oh. about it. Publicly. Did you alienate yourself a bit for your beliefs? I feel like you have one, so you tell me yours and <laughs> okay. give me time to think about okay. it. Okay. So this, I hope, I don't know. This is still how I see it. And I know there are different ways to see it because I know there could be people listening who, who were there at the time. When I was 17, my parents moved back to India from Canberra and I moved on to campus at ANU. And I lived in a, a mixed dorm, you know, like where there's guys and girls and others. And um, I remember we, there was a bunch of people that would make a sign promoting the sports grand finals, right? Mm-hmm. And and they'd done this sign saying men's hockey grand final, you mm-hmm. know, to get us all to go. It was put up in the dining hall. And then the next week it was the women's hockey grand final and the sign said chicks hockey oh. grand final. And it was about 1991 mm-hmm. and I would have been like, yeah, 17 or 18. <clears throat> and I – it for some reason I was just starting to learn about feminism at at uni, and I I went ballistic about it. I don't know why it stuck in my jaw so much. I think because it was a very masculine environment that I was in. There was a lot of heavy drinking, 
of blokes <clears throat> dominating the social sphere, being loud, being in their s- soccer teams, footy teams, hockey teams, you know, getting their dicks out at, at, at you know, social oh, functions. Yeah. and You know, not all of them. Yeah. And I still have beautiful friends from that time mm. who were not like that. So, sorry, was this a public scene when you saw the sign? Um, so what I did was I – Complained to the head of the whole of Bruce Hall. Yeah. I, I've done it now. Of the place. Of the place. We can beep it up. It's all right. It's okay. I think I've said it before. Um, and, yeah, and and it got taken down. But but a lot of people that were involved in making the sign thought I was a giant dickhead and wanking on about nothing. And um, but, it was hard. I felt v- very much oh, isolated in that. Uh, but isn't yeah. it funny? Uh, firstly, I think that's. I think we would have been friends at uni. Oh, really, yeah. I think that was a really, <laughs> you know, obviously, but also like, I, th- I feel like with stuff like that, people will ridicule you and against you until there's like a critical mass. And then mm. they'll slowly, like you're, you will always look like the fool until, you know, everyone sort of feels the same way. And then everyone will be like, oh yeah, that sign actually was like, if the general population yeah. decided that that sign was fucked, then you know, it's it, and and look, it's nothing that. at all. And I'm not comparing. I, I I'm not. It's nothing at all, really. What I do, literally, Carolyn. I'm literally yeah. Carolyn Chisholm yeah. right now. No, but you know what I mean. Like it's mm. it's the only thing I can compare that would help me understand how it must have felt being isolated in a world where people were not ready for those ideas yet, or something. It's um, also a weird thing because it would have taken, uh, off the top of my head, roughly the same number of letters to write. Women's, yeah, uh, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, you know, and and I think they argued that they called themselves the chicks as a way of owning back uh, oh, that so term. Maybe the, the actual players were like, oh. yeah, I don't actually even remember. Mm. To be honest, I just felt so fucking scared and alone, yeah. <laughs> like that I had oh made God. a total dick of myself. Did and, you have any friends on your side? Um, not really. Oh, not really. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, um, it, Was this in your androgynous? clothing yes of course great (laughs) so powerful i don't know if i'm i can't think of anything off the top of my head that compares i mean like oh you teach theater sports to young women Mm. don't you Mm. that's got to be a powerful thing to do uh it is yeah it's great i uh teach sometimes after school uh improv and it's so fun because it's such a confidence builder yeah. for them. You know, a lot of the time they'll think they can't do it or they're not funny or they're not as funny as the boys' schools or uh, yeah. watching their behaviour change when we get um, in front of boys' schools is really funny. But over the years, like, their confidence has built and they're, they now, I think, are at the point where, like, they believe that they're good because that's most of the challenge. Yeah, you know isn't what I mean? it? Mm. Which is so funny watching because then I obviously compare – what I was like in high school, and I think I was very much the same. Mm. Like you need an adult in your life to be like, no, you're actually like, you're doing great. You know, Totally. Mm. And, and I think with com- – I'm going to go back to the comedy thing mm. because I do think even though things have changed so much, like I still don't think women are – it's not a natural fit for the, the eyes of the bulk of the world. I you know, they, they prefer to see men as funny and women as something else. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's still a bit of a we need one on the lineup. Yeah. Kind of energy sometimes. This is not for everyone, of course. Yeah. Um, but also I think because 
of all these people who came before us, even like the Denise Scotts and the Judith Lucys and the people that we used to watch. Yeah. There's now more of us. Yeah, it's true. And let's just also mention that they just got Order of Australia (gasps) or something. Denise Scott and Judith Lucy. Maybe that's because I was reading about that. That's fucking great. That's probably why their names. I think it's so fucking cool. I love that for them. And so, they deserve it. you know, we get to see them and like on the galas or whatever when I was young. And then you can be like, oh, cool. Like that's something that is possible. Yeah. You don't think, you don't know what's possible until you see totally. it. Obviously. Totally. That so was cool. such a great article. Yeah, I really felt good about that article. Because I feel like it's easy to be a like man being an asshole article, but that was so great. Oh, it was just great. It was great mm. that it wasn't about men. It was just about the woman. Where you are know? the goddamn um limited series about these women because mm. wouldn't that be, god i would watch that i would watch the shit out of that budget mm. um uh like retelling of yeah Carolyn totally Chisholm's life played by someone really powerful well you know a couple of years ago or even longer actually when my my kid was younger i bought this um bed uh, bedtime stories for young women mm. or something it was a beautifully um illustrated storybook for children about women heroes. Mm. Everything from, you know, the woman with the eyebrows, what's her name? Frida Kahlo. Yeah. <laughs> it always comes back to eyebrows and us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, to, the, you know. Chick, the chick with the eyebrows. <laughs> Eyebrow chick. Yeah. I knew you meant that. You did. Mm. I mean, it was either her or Yana Vent. <laughs> Oh, dear. Now, shall we go to your story, my love? Yes. Yes, bring it. We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) I recorded that. My head looks like a penis. I've got a beanie on. Um, I'm going to take a photo of this and post it to our stories. Um, But Chris just put on a beanie and didn't fold it down. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. We're back. Part two. Absolutely. Cup of tea number two. Cup in, of tea number two. I'm still head. on the same coffee. Life is good. That was a great article. I really I, enjoyed your I'm article. I'm so glad you did. Today. Thank you, love. Um, so mine, I don't think it's an article. Mine's a silly little thing. I love a I silly found. thing. So <clears throat> as I was reading through all these articles, because I've got my, I've got a fixation about like the 30s. I really like reading stuff from the 30s at this current point. And so I was reading through all these articles and I noticed that all the newspapers on about page two or three have silly little stories, just little amusement sort of pieces. And I read so many of them. And then, so today I brought one of these stories. Adore it. So it's sort of based on, there is a plane flying over here. Should we give that plane a moment? Just let it have its moment. Just let it have its moment. (laughs) <laughs> yep, that's a um, A320 going to Hobart. Yep, I can tell by the sound. Okay. Um, so my article is from the Sunday Mail in Brisbane uh, from Sunday the 5th of June, 1932. Okay? Okay. And j- just for some context for 1932, uh, King George V is the king. Joseph Lyons is the president. Unemployment. The president. The prime minister, sorry. (laughs) I know what I'm talking about. Here's a doozy. Unemployment reached a record high of 32%. To to compare, at the moment, it's 3.6%. And And I was like, that sounds like the Great Depression. Sure enough, it's the Great Depression. (laughs) 1930 to 1939. 
Uh, also in 1932, uh, the Harbour Bridge opened <laughs> just a couple of months prior to this article being published. ABC was established a month after this article. And most importantly, four months, this article takes place four months before the Great Emu War. Have you heard about what this? What happens in the <gasps> Emu War? Oh, sorry, I was just looking at what happened this oh year. And this, God. The Emu War happened four months after this article, so it's not technically relevant, but I just wanted to bring it up. So the Emu War happened in Western Australia, and basically there was an overpopulation of emus, so they tried to eliminate them as a pest species, but the emus won. Amazing. Incredible. It's worth like we don't have enough time to talk about it now, but I'll try. And, I, it's it's so incredible. I will try and find an actual article about it and bring it another time because it is that. just incredible. People think it's not real. I think there's a film in development. That's about it now. extraordinary. Mm. Can you imagine someone putting up a white flag to the you know the wall of mm. emus being like we surrender? We you- surrender exactly. But also, if you've ever seen an emu, terrifying. Like really yeah. terrifying. They've got a real stuff. crazed look in their eyes. Mm. Uh, some friends and I the other day were talking about what animal we would have to protect us if we could tame an animal to protect us. And we all said cool stuff. And one of my sen- friends said an emu. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ter- Imagine an emu following you down the street. Like you would never sleep again. Oh, wow. Um, and also, uh, before I begin, uh, you'll and this will make sense after the article, talking directly to what you were talking about, uh, 30 years before this article, women were given the right to vote in Australia. Um, about 40 years before this article, the age of consent was raised, for, age, raised from 13 to 16. Uh, and Oh, my God. And 30 years before this article, the first woman stood for federal parliament. So that is sort of the social context, context of where we're at. Loving and, your research. Thank you. I actually got really into it. I, I got like a – there was an interactive timeline that I found. I have to oh um, post it in the episode notes of like all these things that happened and a lot of the things that you talked about were in the timeline as well. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Can I just say one thing mm. before you start? Mm. Is this something that's going to happen to us in 20 years? Are we going to look back on doing this podcast and, mm. and you have done a PhD in history? Maybe. I hope so. Oh, my God. Imagine that. One of my beloved closest friends is finishing a PhD in like two months. And if you ever want to feel not accomplished, have a friend with a PhD. (laughs) No, thanks. Um, Okay, so this for context, this is on page two of the newspaper. uh, And the section, it's it's a sort of a weekly column, is called Inconsiderate Ways of Women. And this one is called A Bargain in Socks by S. Scott Scrutton. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first bit. Paraphrase, then read the end. It's a doozy. Always, it is the same with women. They are so inconsiderate. (laughs) Anyone with the least gumption would imagine that when a fellow did his level best to please his wife, even to the extent of hurrying through his work and neglecting his business in order that he might be home half an hour earlier than usual, she might have the common decency to stop at home to receive him. It would be different if a chap happened to be working late and he was delayed in getting home until after tea. She would be there to notice that. You bet she would. That's my wife. Most wives. The other afternoon, I bullocked away at my work in order to be able to slip home for an early tea. On my way, I visualised the pleasure my wife would feel when she saw me. (laughs) How happy she would be. When I chuckled her under the chin and said, hurry through tea, old pet. We will go to the talkies. But when I got there, the cupboard and house 
was bare. Uh Uh-oh. The clock ticking on the wall emphasised the loneliness. The pantry was empty of anything to put a period to a man's hunger. I felt like Robertson Crusoe before he came upon the footsteps of the sands of time. Suddenly, a twist, starting to the empty silence of the house, came the thudding of the knocker. I felt glad. At least it was someone to keep me company for a while. When I opened the door, a man with a parcel stood there. We had a delightful chat... Uh, and then he had in his hands, I'm going to paraphrase from here because it's quite a long article, mm. this chap at the door uh, was a door-to-door sock salesman. Terrific. And he was selling a six-pack of socks and this guy was – Men so love a sock. Love a sock. So this guy, this poor husband <laughs> uh, in this story, so starved of conversation that he has this protracted conversation with the sock salesman and then, and then for his time he's like, you know what, I'm going to buy. He buys a six-pack of socks. Oh. Um. And then his wife, of course, comes home. <laughs> where was she? She was at the shops buying some stuff for tea. That's where she was. She comes home. And this is what he says. You needn't bother buying those socks we were discussing this morning, I said. I just got these at a bargain. <laughs> a bargain, she demanded. Why do you mean? I bought them off a chap at the door for half of their value, I stated proudly. It isn't only women who can get bargains. So he's standing there super stoked with his socks. Being and she's an like, absolute cunt And to she's her. like, why did you buy these socks? <laughs> a woman wouldn't be such a fool as to buy her own property, she said. Those are the socks I bought you in town this morning. I left them just inside the gate while I ran around to the corner shop and that nasty man must have picked them up and <laughs> sold them <laughs> to you. Let us telephone the police. Sadly, I stopped her. The poor fellow had just come from a state where he'd been set such a bad example. Besides, what a fool I would look in court admitting that I'd bought my own socks. End story. Oh. <laughs> so it's a, it's a short story. It's kind of – it's a short, oh my amusing God. story. There's so many of them. It in. is. It's interesting because I was getting ready to find him to be an asshole, but then at the end he realises he's an idiot. Yes, absolutely. Which endears him to me. I know. I just <laughs> – I love these ch- – I wish we could bring them back, just charming little stories that just capture the yeah. essence of the day. I do love the – it just – I mean, obviously it made me laugh out loud, the idea of him thinking how much his wife would be happy to see him. <laughs> <laughs> like she – I mean, like she didn't just see him that morning. You yeah, know, like, exactly. And like the assumption that she's waiting home all day. Just for him to come home because – Yeah, she's probably been out with her mates and stuff. <laughs> I remember um, a friend of mine told me about his mum going, you know, meeting his, her mates at like the donut shop was mm. a big deal on a Monday and they would weekly, you know, the mums would catch up. You know, uh, women um, that were stay-at-home, from my anecdotal evidence, you know, they created a huge network of friends mm. and community things mm. and, you know, helping out with the kids' schools and stuff like that. They were busy as fuck. Yeah. Like she's not just waiting. I mean, there's no kids to speak of in the story. I don't know what the deal is there. But the fact that he was so horrified that he got home to a bear cupboard. And I bet there was I bet there was heaps of stuff in the cupboard, but he couldn't get it together to be like, oh, that has to go with that to make a meal. Yeah, he, you know, and she was just down the shops. She was buying it actually it says what she, she was stuff for tea. Ham and pickles. Oh. Yum. Delicious. What a fucking treat. Absolutely mate, serve me ham and pickles any day. Absolutely. Um you know, a couple of olives too would yeah. be, wouldn't also, go astray. Can we, oh, a couple of olives, a bit of brie. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that she just like and like we've all done that. I just love that she just popped them inside the fence while she because I've done that. Like you know, you just yeah, chuck something next yeah. to the door and be like, I'm going to come back for that. But what's like, with the dude that's picked up the socks? 
Uh, oh, the, a question I'd planned was I had scam question mark yeah. written after the article. I'm like very early, 100-year-old example of a really great scam. Good scam. Great but also scam. opportunistic. Like mm. that guy can't pull that one off every day because it's not every day you find a six-pack of socks over the fence <laughs> within eyeline. Do you know? <laughs> Do you reckon he just goes like? What do you reckon he's? I want to hear like his story. Oh, totally! Like, do you reckon he just goes around like pinching stuff from people's front yards and selling it? A vagabond, a vagabond. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I love getting socks as a present. Oh, uh, you know what? I've gotten a bit thingy about socks. Mm. I um, I was massively into those socks you couldn't see because I have tiny little ankles and they're my, one of my favourite things little, about my body. Little dainty ankles. Yes, I have teeny ankles and I, I wear when I wear running shoes, I like the running shoe to be the only thing you see and then mm. you see my ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always about these teeny socks. Then mm. my children told me, no, the teeny socks are so daggy. It's, it's all about longer socks now. And so then I cast my eye to longer socks and now I realise I don't have enough of them Um, and certainly they are good. I'm wearing a pair right now Um, and I do like them and I – because, you know, I never wore long socks but now it has begun. Also, just for the visual uh, listeners, Chris is wearing leg warmers. Oh, yeah, I have leg warmers on today. Legitimate leg warmers. True. Actually, amazing that we – yes, it's amazing that you were talking about socks and I'm wearing my leg warmers today. Absolutely. I've brought this back. Like I bought these leg warmers for that show I did when I talked about doing flash dance for my year six teacher Mm -hmm. and – I never wore them in the show, mm. but I'm bringing them back. I've been wearing them around the house. They're great. They are great. I wore them to the gym today, Sarah. Did you actually? I did actually. So funny. Just to illustrate the temperature difference between Chris Ryan and I, Chris <laughs> is wearing a long sleeve shirt, a quite thick jumper, jeans, leg warmers and socks, and I'm just wearing a small summer dress. She is. No shoes, bare legs. It's honestly, mm. you must run very hot. I do. I absolutely yeah. do. Also, one thing I will say about you is you always wear matching socks. To me, that's a sign of like someone who's put together. Oh, okay. A lot of my socks don't match. I okay. Wanna, I aspire to be one of those people that has okay. nice matching socks. Okay. Well, I cleaned the bathroom today, so I think I am put together. You are. You absolutely are put yeah. together. Yeah. When you're not wearing your penis hat. <laughs> <laughs> Which matches my socks, as it, it does. Actually. It does. How lovely. Um, wow. Yeah, socks are a great thing. I... Um, can we just talk about warmth for a moment, though? Of course. Because I, I'm I'm in the market for a, something to wear about the house okay. to keep my feet go. warm. No, my feet. Oh, like, so, w- so what you want is you want to go to Mortel Sheepskin Factory right. in the Hunter Valley and get yourself a pair of slippers. They come in every style. Slip-ons, okay. short, long. I need well, – you know, I did – I have been – Instagram has been sending me ads for this very attractive – um, Ugg boot from New Zealand. That don't you hate it when they? It's going like to cost that. a fortune, but they're they're beautiful. They're they're tartan wool on the outside, colourful tartan, and then sheepskin on the inside. I reckon you can probably get some of those on the mainland. Oh, uh, I haven't seen any. <laughs> oh, I get very niche about things. Yeah, we'll sort it out. Um, but I uh, I have some uh, sheepskin um, slippers that I get around my house. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, they're the best. Yeah, they're the best, aren't mm-hmm. they? And um, also today I did shout myself a hot water bottle. Oh, love. Yeah. Big fan. Right. Do you have a little jacket for it? I do not because okay. I got it at the chemist. Mum, and- if you're listening, <laughs> can you crochet Chris a hot water bottle cover? Can I please have one? Oh, can we have either a blue or a yellow? What shade though? Like what? Oh, actually yellow, like a, a lemony lime yellow. On it. On it. 
We'll post it. I would adore that. Yeah. Um, I was going to get a heat bag, but then I remembered I don't have a microwave. A microwave. A microwave. <laughs> so I have to use a hot water I don't have bottle. A or a kettle. <laughs> <laughs> I have a kettle. I'm literally like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> just like getting sticks right outside and like beating my washing with them. So um, back to your article. Mm. What else did you think about it? Um, I just thought a lot about socks and I thought a lot about scams and I wondered if this is a truly happy marriage is sort of what I came down to. You know what? Mm. I think it is Mm. because she brought beautiful food home. Mm. She could have been a lot meaner about him buying his socks. She kind of had a good sense of humour about it. She did. And I think when she said we're going to call the cops, she was just taking the piss. Yeah. Mm. And also then also – he was lovely about it in the end and realised the error of his ways. Absolutely. Because it does – that's what I liked about it. It does kick off and you're like, oh, God. I'm going to hate this guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but in the end he's like, I'm actually real stupid and mm. my wife is super smart. But what just, was the magazine that that was in again? So that was actually from the Sunday Mail, uh, which is a weekly uh, um, newspaper in Brisbane that is still running. Oh, amazing. To this day. And this yeah. one's from 1932. And so there's a lot of this sort of content in it, yeah. a lot of silliness, a lot of fun, a lot of puzzles. Uh, and I actually found in a totally different publication uh, a similar thing, but they just publish jokes on this page. Oh, cool. So maybe another week oh, I'll yeah. bring some jokes. That sounds fun. Um, lots and lots of fun. Absolutely. I think that's about it for me. Yeah, okay. Well, no, I love that. Um, yeah. I just was going to say uh, once I was asked whether I'd like to write a column, uh, you know, like a weekly column for I the paper. That was a, in Canberra. Yeah, I think you'd be so great But at do that. you know what? It was too scary. The idea of sharing my actual thoughts and stuff. I don't know. It's one thing to do it on stage. It's another thing to do it in the paper, I reckon. What would you call this? I, well, that's why it's taken so long to bloody mm. start. Also, I don't really believe anyone's listening. I mean, I know a couple of you are, and thank you for that. A, a lot of people. Are okay, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it does feel kind of anonymous almost. Also, I feel like um, a column is more on the record. Mm. If it's written down, it's on the record. And also, we're riffing and we chat, right? Mm. We haven't scripted this. Mm. Whereas sitting down and writing in a column, people will mm. be looking going, you wrote this, you could have written it better. I think you have so many interesting things to say. You're so beloved in the comedy scene. I'll stop talking it. to someone about you. But I think you have so many interesting <laughs> things to say. You have so much life experience, as it were. Um, I think you, whoever they were, you should get in touch and be like, I'm ready to write the column now. I don't know if you want to, though. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Go. Or you could just... Um, write it myself and put it on my website or something. Yeah. Or do a newsletter. Like a, you could do a Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, my God. I couldn't help but thinking. I hope um, why people... Why am I such an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people are enjoying our um, potty and, and also the little animations that we've been engaging oh, in. I love those. I love them Chris too. Ryan is so talented. Every week on our social media, at Chris and Sarah Weather Pants, or most weeks, you will see a little animated clip from that week's episode. Like, I'm talking proper animated. Oh, it's, it's so cute. It's easy. It's a, it's a, I don't think it's easy at all. I think you're very talented. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Oh, my God, you would. So anyway, it's so much fun. I love doing arty things because it makes me lose time and mm. I like losing time. I like it when my head is not present. Mm. Uh, you know, right. it's just you can – yeah, it's good to find things like that. Absolutely. So check out the animations. Let us know what you think. And if you have your pants stories or any comments about the episodes, Chris and Sarah wear the pants at gmail.com. You won't get an auto reply from us. No, because I've turned that off. I yep. fucked it up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, do write to us with your pants moments. We we want to hear when you stepped into your power. What's yours? Oh, gosh. 
Um, boy, oh boy, that's a tough one. I'll go first because I've got a really, I've got an easy one from this mm. one. It was the final stop of my 2023 tour in. Oh yeah, like a hometown sort of show, and it was just start to finish, just so much fun. I was so present, some stuff like people were like yelling stuff like in a nice way and it was just all, it was such a good vibe. Oh, that's awesome. And I was so happy with like how I sounded and it just made me really excited to write next year's show. Good on you. That's exactly mm-hmm. the vibe you want to have on the last show of yeah, the season. Exactly that's fucking right. great, Sarah. Yeah. It's a bloody great show too. Thank you. It should be on telly. Um, this is probably just embarrassing more than a pants moment. Um, I... I was on a plane and I got tapped on the shoulder to move to business class <laughs> because obviously I was the person who'd travelled the most mm-hmm. uh, on the plane that wasn't already in business class and they needed the seat. That was that's a great you, – you got upgraded. That's I got like, upgraded to uh, fucking business. <laughs> Bidnet. Bid net. Also, can I just say I love travelling with Chris Ryan because you get treated like a VIP <laughs> with her. Whereas for me, they're like you can go in overhead storage or like they try and put me in cargo and if I'm like travelling with Chris, I get like a full reclining lounge. That like, is not true. No, it absolutely is. Uh, that's really all thanks to the fact that I travel a lot mm. more than anything else. But also mm. um, Virgin Australia, if you're listening, get me to do anything and pay me and I'll do it. Yeah, um, I love being uh, a platinum member of Virgin. I love eating weird food at weird times of day in their lounge. <laughs> it's like eleven o'clock, and I'm like, I don't know what meal this is, but I'm going to eat all of it. I know. And this woman, when I tried to get a glass of Chardonnay at at eleven fifty nine in Perth that time, mm. and she's just like, we don't open till twelve. The, oh, so the bar doesn't. Did you stand there and make eye contact with her for a minute. I walked and away like, and came back. <laughs> you're like, oh, it's actually twelve where I'm from, so, or whatever. It's twelve o'clock somewhere. Also, Chardonnay is like a. Breakfast drink. It most certainly is. Mm. No, it's not. But um, mm. I mean, Perth is two hours behind. So really, I was. It was two o'clock in my life. Mm. That's what's going on. Loved hanging with you as always. Thank you for listening. We want to hear from you. Make sure you like, like, subscribe, download. And also by now you'll be able to rate the episode. So we would love for you to give us five stars wherever you're listening, mostly Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I believe. But if you give us five stars and leave a comment there, that would mean so much to us because it means more people get to hear the podcast. Yay. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahweatherpants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahweatherpants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.